Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welcome to the Balk Talk podcast on NBCSportsBayArea.com. Introducing your host, NBC Sports Bay Area's Jessica Kleinschmidt. Welcome back to another episode of Bok Talk presented by Wendy's. Right now at Wendy's, when you buy one breakfast fade, you can get another for just a buck. It's an offer so good, you'll want to tell your friends, and then they'll tell their friends, and so on and so forth. Let's all brag that we have friends, because I think that's a really big deal. Available for a limited time during breakfast hours only. Price and participation may vary at U.S. Wendy's. A really fun episode today, y'all. I embrace both Bay Area teams, and I think we also cover different aspects of the game. I know you guys look at me as this girl who's just, actually, I don't really care how y'all look at me, but I feel like I'm very fun and unique and quirky, and we cover everything there is with the game. And um, with my first guest is Sarah Langs from NLB.com. She's a researcher there and just finds all these incredible stats and nuggets and um, we are also joined by Stephen Piscotti, A's outfielder, and his dad joins me as well. Mike, love them both. Uh, for when we do, we do start with Sarah first. And um, I just want to tell y'all, I am such a big fan of her work. She's this phenomenal researcher, but she, I, I strive to be a girl who can do all the different things, and I feel like she's a five-tool player herself. She's so smart and so talented, and is able to go on these shows like MLB Now with Brian Kenny, which can be intimidating. Um, you're surrounded by a lot of knowledgeable people in the game and she just does it. And mama does it in a pair of heels and I respect it. And the thing that I love more than chicken nuggets is baseball nuggets. And she's the queen, queen of finding them. And I really appreciate that. She also has a Bay Area tie, which is really cool. And we actually met last year at the AL wildcard game when the A's um, hosted the Rays. We won't talk about that game because it was quite sad but I was more excited to see her than Alex Rodriguez yeah I said it I sure said it um so I'm really excited for her but I truly adore her and um I know she has such a bright future she has an ESPN background and she's on Buster Olney's Baseball Tonight podcast quite a bit and I shouldn't be promoting other people's podcasts but I do suggest that one it's really really good um and and I was also very curious of how she not only comes up with this research and comes up with this information but is she ever intimidated by tweeting something out that maybe somebody might not appreciate and I'm always doing that because I'm like well people think this is funny well people think it's unique is this angle good so I really picked her brain about that she's fantastic and um here's my interview with her Welcome back to the show. I am so excited, and I genuinely mean that, <laughs> to have Sarah Langs here from LV.com. So first and foremost, thank you so much for joining me. I'm so glad that you're here. 
Awesome. Thank you so much for having me. I, I told you this before. I'm going to say it again. Like I watch so many Giants and A's games. I hear them promo this and I've seen like your progression, the fact that you got this for this year. And I'm always just so excited. I'm like, I know her and they're promoing her podcast. That's so cool. I'm just like so. geeking out and I'm such a big fan of your work. So the fact that you're here is just like really fun. Um, but I guess my question, the first thing I wanted to ask you is is you have this rare unique quality about yourself where yeah you're great with numbers i think that's fabulous and you find all these great nuggets but you also balance it out with entertainment which is something i constantly try to do and i feel like it's one of my biggest challenges but i kind of like it so how are you able to you know you create you you give out this great information but you back it up and i know you love the game so how are you able to find this great balance of doing both I think it's just that this is what excites me about the game, you know, like for a long time, even before I was like officially a researcher or really working in this field, my family, my parents, we were always talking about, oh, when's the last time that happened? Or, hey, I remember he did that last week. And that's sort of where that researcher, like inquisitive nature came from. And so that's just so much of what makes me love the game. So I think that for me, it's not even necessarily conscious. I just sort of put those together because it's what I love. I love history. I love all of the different, you know, stats and everything that goes along with the game. And I love when Fernando Tatis Jr. has a fun bat flip. And, you know, if that happens to be his 15th home run and he's tying Trout for the lead, then that just makes it even better. But in my mind, it's just all linked. Yeah. And I, and I love that too. And, um, and you mentioned like history, you love the history and I do too. And was there ever a moment where you were researching something growing up or you witnessed something and you're like, I love baseball. Like this is cool. Cause for me, it was like, you know, I was born in Baltimore. So we prayed to Cowrickin Jr. So his race was really cool. But was there anything that sticks out to you? You're like, oh my gosh, I love this sport so much. Oh my gosh. It's hard to pick one, but I remember the one Barry Bonds was doing, was chasing uh, Hank Aaron's record. I used to spend my summers out with my grandmother in California. And I remember we were very attuned that summer when he was chasing, uh, chasing the 755. And I just have very distinct memories of her leaving the room for a second and saying, hey, call me in if he hits it. And he hit it. And the announcers are saying all of the different things that he's done, the record and everything else. And those kinds of moments stick out to me, being aware of the fact that I was witnessing history, even if it was just on television and like knowing, hey, this is a moment to remember. Yeah. And it's, he just did this thing where, and I say it a lot, like, no, nowadays it's rare, like maybe Fernando Tatis, if he goes up to bat, you'll stop what you're doing and watch, but no matter what you were doing, you stop what you were doing, Sports Center would interrupt their show, Barry Bonds yeah. is on TV, and like, it's the one thing I missed about baseball, so that's really cool, and you mentioned you visited your grandmother, and, and I, what, I know you have some connections to the Bay, and because I know you, you talk about the Giants a lot, and I, we met in an A's game, so yeah. what are some of your connections with the Bay Area? Yeah, so my uh, my mother's family is from the West Coast. Um, so my grandmother used to live out there. My grandfather lived out there. And my mom has, you know, this huge Giants fandom. She's a huge, huge fan. And that was part of the fan energy that I grew up with. My dad is a Mets fan. Uh, but yeah, I used to spend a lot of time out in California visiting my grandma, visiting the rest of my family. I used to spend summers there, which definitely goes hand in hand with baseball. So many Giants games and A's games and just, you know, that great weather. You don't have to worry about a rain out the way you did in Flushing or anything else like that. Uh, I have a lot of just strong memories of those teams. Yeah. And I mean, there's nothing better than in a game at, well, now it's Oracle Park and it's just my, even to cover it is great because it's chilly and we're in the, the press box. You're looking out as opposed to at the Coliseum, you're looking down 
And I felt like when you go to Oracle, you become so spoiled. And I just love that park so much. Um, yeah. And now you and I met at an A's game and that was the wild card game last yeah. season. And it was for me, like, I don't even know how to describe it. It was like such a moment for me where I'm like, oh, okay. Like I'm covering a postseason game and everything like that. And what's it like covering something like that? And like, you were, you were the booth, like you had like your little setup and everything. And there was like the baseball tonight set up. And then I got to meet Buster Olney in person and A-Rod was there. Jessica Mendoza was there and you've worked with some like pretty big name people, but I feel like I see you and you're just like, yeah, like you're so humble about it, but you do some like really dope things. So how, like, what's that experience like? Like, I feel like you're also the type of person where you can stop and like smell the roses too. Well, thank you, first of all. I appreciate all of that. Yeah, you know, I think about that sometimes. I, I've had, I've just been so lucky in the people I've gotten to work with and the events that I've gotten to cover. I mean, the first time that I got to be part of postseason in any way when I was at ESPN was the 2016 World Series. We got a seven game World Series where the Cubs won for the first time since 1908. And I just couldn't believe that that was happening in front of me. But I think that you know, I just like to be aware of the fact that not everyone gets to, you know, live out their dreams in certain ways the way we both get to, you know, and most people who we work with get to. So I try to, you know, there's no point in, people are all different in terms of how they share stuff on social media or how much they talk about stuff. But, but for me, it's, you know, maybe I'll text my mom, I can't believe this thing just happened. But overall, I'm really just trying to share the energy. And I've been that fan who is completely separate from all of this. And I never would have believed that I would get chances to work in a ballpark ever, let alone with the people you listed off or anything else like that. So I think I try to remember what what other people will care about. They don't necessarily care, oh my God, this thing is happening and I'm here. Yeah. They care that the thing is happening, you know? So that's what we're trying to bring to people. I hope I hope that makes sense, but I don't, I, I definitely sometimes take a step back and I'm like, should I be more geeked out by this? Like, I'm just trying to do my job and I don't want to make anyone else uncomfortable, but yeah, these are really cool moments to be at, you know? Yeah, oh, I love making people uncomfortable. So like, <laughs> that's good. And I'm right there with you, but the only thing that sucks about this industry there's not, there's, it, is the fact that it's so quick that sometimes you don't have a chance to just stop and soak it in. Yeah. And, I, and I worry that I, I don't, I feel like I'm not thankful because truly I am, but it feels like the moment you're done with something, you have something else to move on to. And, and that's the only time that I can't just like stop and do it. Not that I'm not thankful. It's like, Mala doesn't have time. I just don't have time to Absolutely. just let it all happen. So sometimes you do like, and I need to text my mom some stuff, some stuff too. And she's like, I don't know if she's just used to everything, but she's always like, that's cool, Jess. Except for when I work with Sean Estes, she has the biggest crush on him. And no matter what I do, I'm like, hey, I covered the World Series. She's like, cool. But how's Sean doing? <laughs> like, okay. That's so funny. I'm like, all right, mom. Like, don't make it weirder than it already is. Um, <laughs> and I know I mentioned like all these big names, but one thing that I really love watching you do, along with the Baseball Tonight podcast, which I'm a big fan of, but um, I see you on MLB now and it's intimidating for me just to hear, you know, you and Brian Kenny talk about things, but you handle it with such grace. And it's not just because like, for me, it's, it's, you can know all the things, but you also go on television and you're a badass about it too. And it also seems like you're just, you're not new at this. It feels like you were kind of like brought on this earth and boom, you're on MLB now and you're so smart and, and you just blend in well with the guys too. And this isn't a gender thing, but what's it like, like after maybe your first show on a show of that level of knowledge and just like, was it everything you expected? 
Well, again, thank you. I'm going to be thanking you this entire time. Yeah, everything you're saying is all of the compliments and I'm not even kidding. So kind. So kind of you. So thank you. But yeah, I mean, you know, that's kind of a question my parents asked me too the first time I went on, like, were you nervous? What did you expect? But you know, from going on TV, I mean, that's less stressful than public speaking, right? Because yeah. the only people staring at you are a couple cameramen, right? Or camera women. There's only a couple other people in the room um, with you in addition to the people you're talking to on the set. And I think that that's sort of, you, you in your mind, you think, oh my gosh, I'm looking out. There are all these people, but there aren't, you know? So for me, it's just, it's just talking baseball, which I think is probably the only thing I'm really good at, but at least I've got that. <laughs> and uh yeah, I mean, I think that the the information and everything you're alluding to there is also, I think, what helps me, you know, feel at least some amount of comfortable doing this because at the very least, I know that I have something to back up my point. And I think that I certainly don't expect that of everyone I watch on TV. It's way too hard to have that much information, but I happen to specialize in researching it. So I can know that if I'm going to say something on TV, nobody's necessarily going to dispute the overall point because I'm going to make sure I'm making a solid point. And I think that, you know, not everyone has that luxury. When you're on TV every single day, it's just not like realistic to keep track of that much stuff. But when I get chances here or there to go on those shows and other, other shows like that, I can really be prepared like that. And I think that helps. And I also have found that just, you know, I've gotten those chances now over the last year and a half or so. And I also sort of, my level of preparation is probably a little less now, just that I can be a little more confident in what I'm saying. But to start with, like over preparing was just the thing. Yeah, yeah, you kind of have to exaggerate it a little bit. And the worst case yeah. scenario is what? Oh, I, I knew too much. Like that's like right. the worst case scenario. Let that be the worst thing. Yeah, exactly. And and you're right. And it was for me the the TV thing. The only thing that was intimidating for me was talking into an animate ob object because I'm not going to always be interviewing somebody, right? Yeah. And like I thrive off of attention sometimes. So if somebody doesn't laugh at my joke, I'm like okay, well, I'm going to be ruined for the rest of the day. Oh, no. so if you just, you just kind of, that's, that was the worst thing for me. So yeah. I would rather be in front of millions of people than just to be like, what's that funny? Was, did anybody get that? We're good. Okay, cool. And, but you can't break, you know, so it's a whole thing, but it, it's been really cool to watch. And I think knowing that you kind of do the same thing as me, I'm like, cool. Like we're all in this together. Like, this is yeah. great. It's great. Um, and I told you heading on to this, um, and I know you know the Giants and A's well, the Giants PR people are like your biggest fans, and they'll always retweet a bunch of your nuggets that I'm like obsessed with. And so this season alone, just for the Giants, just because, <laughs> believe it or not, Sarah, I talk about Mike Yastrzemski more than I talk about Joey Votto. Cover that up. That's really high. I, I mean, that's difficult to do. I know, I know, yeah, and I know. Um, it's probably going to create like I might my brand might be done. I don't know, but um, I think I've also interviewed Mike Ostrowski probably more than any other player. I think, which is kind of cool. But you know, between him and these this Giants team, and I and I'm kind of sick of saying associating it with this weird 60 game season because they're doing something fun and last yeah. season they had that hot July but what have you known from them whether it is these these cool stats or not just overall about this team yeah well he was the first player I was going to mention to you in part because I've seen that you've talked to him a couple times on here and the season he's having I mean yes it may be a 60 game season but that's nobody's fault you know and that's sort of what I come back to that's the world we're in right now and he's having a great year and even if it were to go 162 games 
to what we've seen right now, he would still be having a great year. He ha- he is tied for the second most wins above replacement among position players in the majors. It's just Fernando Tatis Jr. ahead of him. If you look on Fangraphs, and he's tied with Mookie Betts. Mookie Betts, who is a MVP winner, who is going to win another MVP at some point in his career in Dodger Blue. And the fact that Mike Yastrzemski, who is obviously this great story, the fact that he's not a young second-year player, he's been around for a while, he bounced around, and the fact that he started playing well for the Giants last year when they called him up and, you know, regular playing time has been what's been great for him. I mean, it's just one of those stories you love to see. And I love baseball so much. And I love that we get stories like this and you get this in other sports, but there's just something about a player like him. And they're in the seventh seed in the NL right now. I mean, that's a huge credit to him and the rest of the team. Yeah. They, they're like, they're doing it. You're kind of like, all right. Okay. And I love the team because obviously heading into the season, I'm going to be more A's concentrated. And I was like, oh, we're going to be so spoiled over there. But I look over on the Giants. I'm like, I see you guys. You are doing yeah. something. And it's really cool. And you're right. Like, I covered Mike's um, MLB debut, which was really, really cool. And just the one thing I love is is probably his swing, just how he plays, too. I've never seen anybody who has the perfect balance of finesse but like I'm scared to face him at the same time. So it's like aggressive finesse. And and that's really cool from where he comes and just an amazing human being too. And you're like, of course you're a great guy. Like, why wouldn't you be, you know? So it's just great from that dynamic. So I'm really loving what they're doing there. Um, And on the opposite side for the A's, I mean, I, I feel like I'm spoiled, like with all the coverage I've been doing with them and they're fun. What has stood out to you about them this season? my gosh they've been so much fun you know I wrote a story for MLB.com entering the weekend um, when they were playing the Padres just about how those were probably two of the most fun teams in baseball and you know just playing a little bit later and everything else I wanted to be sure that everybody was seeing how much fun they were and I actually went and I made like a bunch of gifts of them and the Padres and I was like you need to see this because that's part of it like I'll give you some stats about them but and this is true of the Giants and this is true of all baseball you know getting back to what we were saying before but like sometimes it's just seeing a moment whether it's two seconds or two minutes or whatever the clip is that really tells you like what a team is about and I think the A's are a perfect example of that and I mean you just come back to the way their season started they won on a walk-off grand slam on opening day like who does that and then who goes on to have another walk-off grand slam and another ninth inning grand slam so there are just all of these lists we have Steven Piscotty has two ninth inning grand slams this year nobody's ever had three they have two walk-off grand slams this year no team has ever had three and those have been true for like a month now but they've still got you know three weeks here to potentially set any of those records and I think that that just speaks to how much fun they are. I mean, I know that Chapman's been dealing with an injury lately, but his defense is, I mean, wizardry is always the word I use. And it's so much fun, whether he's diving, whether he's making a great throw, going a really far distance to make a play. So they're just so much fun. Yeah. And it's, and I could watch it. If if nine innings of him just playing defense was a game, I'd be like, I don't want to cover this. I want to be a fan. And it's just cool from that dynamic. And, and I just, just watching him alone. Cause I've always been a defensive geek too. Like I obviously, obviously appreciate a well hit ball, but I could watch him, Simeon and Olsen play on defense all day. So that's been really cool from that dynamic and yeah, super fun. I feel like they're not scared to be, to have fun anymore. I think that's overall for MLB. And oh, you yeah. Mentioned, yeah. You mentioned the Padres and stuff like that. And I feel that's super important too, because maybe something that you and I m- might geek out over other people are going to geek out over it too. And that's like the, the beautifulness of content. I feel like sometimes 
I'm like, do you think this is funny? Do you think this is funny? Even if they don't, it's like, you know what? I think it's cool and I'm weird and I embrace it. So it's good from that dynamic. And I know, I mean, you're a researcher and I think that's so cool. And that's one of the things I love about my job is because, and I'm curious how you work. Like, are you just, you see something and it's, you know, I don't know if it's like detective work. I'm a huge true crime junkie. So I don't know if you're like constantly unpacking and unfolding and finding stuff. Do you have a eureka moment? Like, how does your, how does that, that work for you? And what's the process like? Yeah. So something that someone who trained me at ESPN said to me, like on probably my third day was he said that not everything you look into is going to be notable. And I think just hearing that right off the bat was really important yeah. that like, you know, sometimes you see a guy have a multi-homer game and you're like, Hey, that seems like it could be cool. And you look at it and it's like, yeah, he's done this like eight times in the last three right. years. That's not a notable rank. And then, okay, we're moving on. So I think that it's a lot of trial and error, but it's really just watching as many games as I can. And, you know, it sort of builds on every note builds on the previous one, even if it's about a different player. So right. like you come to notice certain numbers or certain occurrences as like, hey, this is something to look into. Like Rafael Devers just hit 116.5 mile an hour home run like about half an hour ago. And like, you know, you see that number and you're like, oh, that's a big number. I need to look into this. So I looked at, was it his hardest hit home run? Yes. Okay. What about hardest hit batted ball? Yes. Okay. Then where does it rank for Red Sox home runs? So it's like, there's not a specific checklist, right. but probably if you like had me say everything I did out loud for a day, you could come up with like a couple different, like a hitting checklist and a fielding checklist and a yeah. couple other different things of like, this is the context I need to make sure I'm aware of when something happens. Yeah, and that's interesting too that you mentioned that because of the checklist. Because normal person, if you if you say, "Oh, it was the exit velocity," I hear 116. Somebody who watches a lot of baseball, you're like, "Holy crap, that's a lot! That's a lot!" Yeah. yeah. So and like you know, and that's interesting from that dynamic. You couldn't know if there wasn't a bunch of exposure to that. And and, right. and you're right. Sometimes you do have to say, like, "Is this funky?" And sometimes you just got to kind of pray and tweet. <laughs> exactly. And I think. Like, I think something you know, and I think that like something that I've sort of grown into a lot more spending more time on Twitter, which I certainly have in the last year and a half, like in my new role, is sometimes it doesn't need to be historical. Yeah. Sometimes it can just be a really crazy thing that happened. And I think that yeah. earlier in my career and just earlier in this industry, I always want to say, well, it's the first time or it's the first time in the last 10 years or something like that. And sometimes it's just like, you just want to see a really big number or a really crazy thing that someone did. And you yeah. don't necessarily need to contextualize it. Like, I think that comes back to loving the game. Sometimes just seeing someone run around the bases really fast is really fun, regardless of what yeah. the sprint speed was, you know? Yeah. Like Adam Rosales, when he'd hit a home run, you're like, slow down, you'll get there. <laughs> <It's okay. laughs> still holds that record. Still but still, record. like, I'd be weird if he, if he, like, was too aware and started slowing down around the bases. Then I would just be like, no, you're just mocking us. I don't appreciate it. And, that. like, are you feeling okay? Why are you <laughs> What's going <laughs> on? Um, but, and, and so we, the season alone, we talked about the 60 games, and I love how you said there's nothing we can do about that, and I need to – remind myself with that. But either way, I feel like that doesn't matter. There's still some really cool stuff happening. So overall, I think we're enough done. We're almost done with the season, I feel. Um, enough that's happened. Like what's excited you so far? And is there still somebody else you're waiting to break out? Or what's some of the stuff that you've, I guess, appreciated this season? 
Yeah. I mean, first of all, just from opening day, I've appreciated that we got to see baseball this year. I mean, so much has been an unknown in 2020. And I know for me, just, you know, completely understanding the reasons why the season didn't start until when it did and understanding the health situation, everything else. My mother is an infectious disease doctor. I I really understand it. Um, I, it's just nice to sit and watch a baseball game. And I think that my appreciation for that has grown even more this year than in the past because we didn't know if we would get this this year. And I think that, you know, sort of hand in hand with that, the players I've had the most fun watching are these young players we have, you know? I mean, I mentioned Tatis and I think I mention him every time I talk about baseball now and I don't for like the next 10 years. Like that's just how it's gonna be and that's okay. Um, But he's probably gonna be the youngest MVP ever which is insane. The previous youngest was actually Vita Blue. They were still the Kansas City Athletics. Ooh, okay. Um, In 1971, he was 22. He was a young 22, but he was 22. And Tatis is 21. Uh, He's been so much fun to watch. You know, I'm really excited that we're going to get to see him in the playoffs, you know, barring something really unforeseen. Um, And along with that, I've really enjoyed watching Luis Robert of the White Sox and Aloy Jimenez and just all of these young players. I mean, Juan Soto is still really young, even though it's somehow his third season in the majors. I forget that often. I keep on wanting to call him a rookie and I'm like, but he's not. Yeah. Yeah. And he's been doing this since 2018. He's the same age as, uh, as Tatis. He's a couple months older, but you know, they're both 21 year olds. And I think that, you know, seeing that youth and the exuberance in the game, has really been, I don't know, in certain ways it's been more on display because there aren't fans. So like the energy you see in the ballpark is completely emanating from the players. Yeah. And when you see these guys doing these things and smiling really big on the field, I think you're almost more aware of it because there isn't a crowd shot. You know, sometimes a guy makes a great catch and then they go to the crowd and someone celebrating as they go to break. But that's not happening this year. So we're getting more and more of that emotion from the players and I can't see enough of that personally. Yeah. And I agree. And I feel like we're embracing it more and, and, and you're right. Like all the energy that's happening, like, like baseball games are rare, especially minor league games, like oftentimes, and I know you could probably relate, like you forget a baseball game will actually happen because there's so many things behind the scenes. And I think now we can actually concentrate on the fact that the baseball games are happening because that's all we have right now. And, and that's, what's really cool to think about from that dynamic. And, And like, so if there is a lot of energy, it's because of those guys. And that's why they should be celebrated a little bit more. So maybe in a weird way, this is a blessing because we can concentrate on the fact that these guys are entertaining us and it's a beautiful thing. And yeah, so it's really cool. And I'm I'm glad that we're able to appreciate the young guys without thinking that they're disrespecting the game in any way. Definitely. And I do think what you said, I mean, obviously, you know, baseball is the thing that makes me most positive in life. So I'm always going to be looking for silver linings there and, Obviously, with the understanding that this pandemic, I mean, so much going on in the world is horrible. I can just leave it at that. I do think we're getting a lot of really interesting insights into the game this year that we might not have gotten otherwise. And I do think that if you're looking for some sort of silver lining, I think that the game, the players, however you want to say it, is selling itself maybe better than ever before. Um, And I I even get, you know, sometimes I evaluate it based on how my friends who aren't diehard baseball fans are seeing it because they know me, they they know how I operate. But when I have friends who don't necessarily watch every single game texting me about baseball, like that's when we know things are really going well. And I've had a lot of that this year. And part of it is people are sitting at home. What else are you going to watch? I mean, there's other sports going on. I'm sure they're great, but um, I'm watching baseball and a lot of people are too. Yeah, and I love that too. I, lo- I, I love my friends more that, that don't like it and I bring them to games and I give them little nuggets about like, oh, I talked to Canna about this and you're in it and then they become 
and yeah. his new be- favorite player. Like it's, it's kind of one of those types of deals from that. And I think we need to embrace the, the people who may not love baseball. You don't have to love it. And like, even when I go to a baseball game, I, I socialize a lot of it too. So it's not a hundred percent about, about the game itself, but I'm glad that you see all that. Cause I mean, I don't just hang out with people who are obsessed with baseball. I, I'd probably get annoyed. I'm like, this is too much. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And you know, like my best friend, has definitely, you know, taken on more baseball fandom because of me and because yeah. she's known me now for so long, but she's watched like every Mets game this year oh, and like texts wow. me about every Mets game. Yeah. And she just, you know, got back into it. She had the package or whatever. She resubscribed and she's been watching, you know, That's because impressive. she's at home and yeah, exactly. And she's, she's the one texting me, like, are they going to extend Michael Conforto? Like what's going on with that? That was the first I heard of the like extend Michael Conforto conversation. Was from like, my best oh. friend. <laughs> great it's great though like I love that energy I do too that's really amazing Sarah you've been phenomenal and I'm so glad you stopped by like like I said big fan of yours so I'm glad that you took some time to to let me bug you for a bit I appreciate it not bugging at all and thank you so much for having me again I just get so excited every time I hear them say your name on NBC Sports Bay Area and it's just so exciting for me to see you know, it's funny because we almost overlapped at MLB, but I missed you by like, what, a couple months, right? Yeah. And it's been really exciting for me to see just like how your career has taken off since you left there and, you know, in this role being out in the Bay. So I'm really excited for you. Oh, thank, thank you. you. I appreciate that. I loved Cut 4. It was the best thing never happened to me. But yeah, he's a good. Thanks again. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks for stopping by. Sarah, you the best. That was so much fun. And like I said, I got, I kind of fangirled a bit. I'm sorry if it made y'all uncomfortable, but even this girl gets a little fangirly sometimes. And it's over somebody who knows her stuff. And I appreciate that. Um, the Piscottis are here. Um, I absolutely love them. I'm a huge Mike Piscotti fan. Steven's okay too, but I love me some Mike. Uh, Steven and his dad, uh, Mike, are advocates for finding a cure for ALS. Um, Steven lost his mother, Gretchen, um, after battling with ALS um, and just a great family. And um, I've spoken to both Steven and Mike about this before. They have they actually have an event coming up, um, help in the quest to cure ALS by joining a three-day virtual beer, wine, whiskey tasting with live and silent auctions featuring celebrity tasters, Steven Piscotti, Jeremy Affelt, Ray Fossey, Vince Contronio, and Dave Dravecki, hosted by ALS Cure Project with Evergood Sausages during the Bay Bridge series, September 18th through the 20th. Admission is free, and you can purchase your tasting packages at alscure.net forward slash alsbay, B-A-Y. And I had such a fun interview with them. We, of course, talked about the ALS project, what they're excited about for this event, the cool items that they're selling, the silent op- auction. There's like a Mookie Betts uniform, a Matt Chapman autographed bat, some dope stuff. So I love these guys, and I hope you do too. And here's my chat with them. Welcome back to the show. I'm joined by A's outfielder, Stephen Piscotti and Stephen Piscotti's dad, Mike. Gentlemen, thank you so much for joining me today. Of course. Thanks for having us. I'm really excited to have you guys both here. Um, We're going to start. Steven, you're an amazing baseball player, but one thing I really admire about you is everything that you're doing for um, ALS research and a cure for that. Uh, I know it's a super personal subject for you with your your mother, Gretchen. Um, So, Steven, tell me why it's important to find a cure for ALS. Yeah, um, you know, it's a 
a pretty brutal disease and obviously we got to see it firsthand um sadly with with my mom and um you know i think one thing that she wanted was for us to to work towards finding a cure so that you know no one would have to to suffer the way she did and so i think that's a lot of our motivation and we got a lot of support from our family and friends and um you know, picked up some momentum over the last I don't know, year and a half or so and uh, we're trying to keep that rolling yeah it's amazing to hear uh mike i've spoken to steven before and he's straight up told me this is your wheelhouse with everything that's going on into research specifically. So tell me a little bit about everything that is going on currently with a cure to hopefully find, or hopefully to find a cure for ALS. Yeah, uh, you know, specifically with our um, organization, um, we're, we're uh, doing a lot of partnering with um, different institutions that are um, working on uh, ALS. Uh, we're bringing uh, a real exciting partnership with Lawrence Livermore National Lab in Livermore um, through the Livermore Lab Foundation. Uh, we're, we're doing um, some physics-based modeling, helping to understand what starts the disease and what keeps it going. Um, we're also doing some work to figure out tests for the disease, because right now there's no test for ALS. And um, we, we've got some research that we've sponsored there as well. Um, to uh, try to discover those tests. Those are the, some of the key milestones that need to be in place before the drug companies can, uh, can work towards a cure. Uh, we need to understand, basically, I always say we can't cure what we can't understand. And uh, so that's kind of where we're at right now. Yeah, that kind of seems to be the consensus. We need to find out how it's caused and, and go from there. Uh, Steven, there's a, there's a really fun fundraiser coming up. My favorite things, hanging out with baseball players. Tell me a little bit about this um, upcoming fundraiser for from September 18th uh, through the 20th. Yeah, we're doing a, a virtual wine, beer, and whiskey tasting, which is going to be um, pretty exciting. We've never done it before, but um, uh, it's starting to become a little bit more popular, and there's been a lot of um, success stories, I think, with those. So. Uh, I'll be taking part in the the wine event with Jeremy Affelt, and I'm uh, looking forward to that. I'm a big wine guy, so it should be a lot of fun, but I think each day we'll have something a little special, and um, if you're a, a beer a beer guy, I think my dad will be on there, and then uh, whiskey, I think Vince Contronio, so um, got a cool little lineup going, and it should be a lot of fun. Yeah, Vince Contronio's beautiful voice with whiskey is probably a sight you know. Yeah. <laughs> um, Mike, who else will be in attendance? You mentioned Affel. You guys will both yeah. be there, and Vince Contronio yeah, will be there. We've added a few. A lot, a lot of people are joining us um, as as we get closer. But uh, I'm really excited. Our kickoff um, is a gentleman I love, uh, Ray Fossey, will be joining me. Um, he has a close connection with Catfish Hunter, um, who uh, passed from ALS. And uh, Ray will be joining us for the beer. And then uh, another gentleman who, uh, if you've ever had a chance to speak, listen to him, is fantastic. He's Dave Drovecki um, from the Giants. Um, will be joining us on the whiskey tasting with Vince Catronio. So um, that'll be on Sunday and, and uh, another uh, can't, can't miss event <laughs> with those Yeah, guys. you definitely don't want to miss it. It sounds great. Um, and there's also a silent auction involved. Stephen, what are some of these um, items that will be auctioned off? Yeah, it was... Uh... You know, fortunate to have my uh, teammates sign some uh, baseballs. I think we have a Matt Chapman signed bat and some uh, some batting gloves um, from the guys. So really uh, cool to get their support. I think we have a few other items, um, a couple yeah, of other players. So um, there'll be a great selection. And, yeah, hopefully uh, everyone can bid high on those. <laughs> um, Mike, was, was there anything else you wanted to talk about with some of these items? Yeah, um, there, there, there's a number of uh, – 
you know, items, since this is the Babe Ruth series, we felt obliged to make sure we had some uh, Giants uh, memorabilia as well. Um, we've got items from uh, Brandon Crawford, Austin Slater, uh, Pavel Sandoval, um, uh, you know, uh, some really good good uh, Giants memorabilia in addition to the, you know, ACE um, information. And we've got some other um, odds and ends that have been sent in from the Major League uh, Players Association. We've got uh, Craig Biggio bats and... Uh, uh, a Mookie Betts jersey and, and things like that. Um, there's also a lot of wine packages, uh, vacation packages, and, the, and kind of the traditional stuff you'd see at a, at a silent auction. I love how you casually drop the Mookie Betts situation. Like it's just, it just randomly we have like a uniform. It's fine. I love that. What a flex. Um, Mike, can you tell the uh, listeners and everybody watching how they can participate in this event? Yes. Um, uh, you know, you know, because there are tasting uh, packages we'd love you guys to be able to taste. So uh, in order to get that, we have to uh, uh, sell some of these tasting packages. And so there's a, a website where you can buy the beer, wine, and the whiskey, or the MVP, get all three of the tasting packages. Um, it's at our alscure.net backslash alsbay, A-L-S-B-A-Y, um, and you can go there um, and buy your packages. Uh, if you buy your packages up to Sunday night, this Sunday, we can ship them in Oregon, Arizona, Texas, Nevada, and California, um, and you'll get them on time. Um, if not, and you would like to pick up locally, there'll be pickup locations in Pleasanton and open for local pickup. Love and that. They all have their spirits for the tasting. You can join in with all these uh, fun activities. It's going to be a lot of fun. We also have uh, Franco Finn um, doing the auctioneer. He's the uh, the, hit, the hype man for the Warriors. Um, oh, and that'll, yeah. be pretty, that'll be pretty fun on He'll be joining Stephen and, and Jeremy on that day, and and we have we have winemakers, uh, master distillers, uh, brewmasters um, leading these all these tastings. So it'll be uh, quite an event. We'll be tasting Firestone beer, Wenty wine, and Heaven Hills or Heaven Hill uh, uh, whiskey. Um, so some small batch whiskeys that are really going to be exciting. Yeah, no, it sounds great. I love the, all the Bay Area ties. It's beautiful. It's really cool. I know you guys are, are locals. And I appreciate you pronouncing Nevada correctly, because I would have to kick you off the, <laughs> the interview. <laughs> Stephen, um, the A's themselves have done some really beautiful work um, supporting ALS. Specifically, there's a section dedicated to that, to ALS and finding a cure. Tell me a little bit more about that with um, the section at the Coliseum. Yeah, I, I mean, that was my dad's uh, brainchild, I think. Um, but it was it was interesting. I feel like we upped the uh, the limit on the amount of um, uh, cutouts we were selling about four or five times. They just kept selling, um, which was really really cool. Especially you know having that section close to me out in the outfield, I could kind of see it um, you know fill up more and more. Uh, so that was that was really cool, and obviously very uh, appreciative of everyone doing that and, and supporting us and getting their uh, getting their face in the Coliseum is pretty cool. Yeah, it's a really, it's a really cool sentiment. Yeah, it feels like they're kind of there in a way, which is really great. Um, the A's alone are having such a successful season, Stephen. It's been so much fun to watch. I'm a little biased. I know I cover y'all most of the time, but you've been aggressive at the plate. It appears like the guys behind you are as well. And y'all have the playoffs in your, on the horizon. So, how, but how have y'all been able to balance both fun and production at the plate? I feel like that's just kind of your characteristics year after year. Yeah, I mean, we, we're an offensively, uh, you know, aggressive team, and we got a lot of guys that like to swing the bat and um, got some guys that can drive the ball out of the yard and, and you know, score runs a bunch of different ways. So um, it's been a fun year. It's been a challenging year, 
um, with all the, you know, the distractions and, um, you know, different routines and all the stuff we've been going through. So, um, you know, feel very good, you know, where we're at. We got a lot of work to do, but um, we're on the right track. And I don't know if you have time to list, it's probably an extensive list, but who's really impressed you this season on your team? Um, Robbie Grossman, I think, has just been a, a constant all year. Uh, he's just been so consistent, and it's been great. He's been hitting ahead of me in the lineup. Him and, and Mark Canna, there always seems to be on base for me to to drive in some runners. And obviously, we got you know the the mats to do their thing, and um, everybody is, has been contributing. So um, it's it's a good feeling when it doesn't matter you know where you're starting you know in the order in any particular inning. You know you got a chance to score some runs. Yeah, it's really cool. And you have that chappy bat up for auction. That's probably going to go big too. Well, I appreciate both of you guys being here. Make sure you check out the ALS tasting event September 18th through 20th. And we'll see you next time on Bok Talk. Bye guys. Thanks for stopping by. All right. Thanks, Jessica. Thanks for listening to the Bok Talk podcast. Please rate, review, and subscribe for free on your podcast provider. Some people just know there's a better way to do things, like bundling your home and auto insurance with Allstate. Or hiring someone to move your piano instead of doing it yourself. So, do things the better way. Bundle home and auto and save up to 25% with Allstate. Bundled savings vary by state and are not available in every state. Saving up to 25% is the countrywide average of the maximum available savings off the home policy. Allstate Vehicle and Property Insurance Company and Affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois.